Welcome to Just Hit Record, where we talk about the life and lives of the ever-growing community of immigrants. Join us as we rant about what it's like to live the reality of the Western world through the eyes of your hosts, Pranay and Sandeep. You know, I was thinking about dating again. I, I guess uh, we can end up talking about what's basically going through our head in that week, right? So, um, I'm supposed to go. I'm not yeah. dating. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> You're not? Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, I'm dating my wife. But that's about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, I was wondering um, how much. You know, when you when you're trying to date someone, there are of course the general physicalities that you look for in a person that are appealing. You know, are they tall or short? Are they pretty or not? Are they average? Um, what is their personality like? Are they good in bed? Uh, do they have big tits, big ass, big dick? You know, these are the conversations that go through your head whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about relationships or marriage from an Indian point of view, most of them are arranged. And the conversations that we have about looking for a partner are career, finances, and background, and mostly educational background. A lot of it is focused on whether or not that person or both individuals will be, support, will be able to support each other in the future financially. Can they build a life? And I was wondering, is that a make or break? Is that a deal breaker? Our finances, our debt, your career, is that a deal breaker for you? If you find someone who's fantastic in every aspect, but their finances are a shit show, or they have severe debt, or they're in a career that doesn't really have much potential, would you back away from that? Is that not marriage material? Especially speaking from a 30-year-old point of view, not from a young 20-year-old. You're in your 30s and you're looking to settle down. Yeah. It can be a huge uh, point of concern. I can see that. I know that for myself, it's one of those things that they call a core value. Yeah. People have different core values. It could be... Um, the idea of getting married itself. Some people are just absolutely against the idea of marriage. You know, I can be with you long term, but I don't want to ever get married because that document, that contract means very little to me, right? It could be kids. Some people want kids. Some people don't want kids. Now, if you've got people on two opposing sides of that trying to get together and be together long term, that's going to be point of friction. I can see finances being something where if one person has worked really hard uh, over time to establish some sort of base for themselves financially and now they meet someone who I so the, the the thing is yes they might be in a situation where they're not at their best financially but are they willing to change that part sure right so yeah. are they willing to work on that have they recognized that you know what yeah I, I'm actually 30 something right now I don't have a savings account I really need to find a job that pays me better. 
are they do they have the self-awareness where they've noticed that that's one category of person the other category is like yeah i don't that's not something that matters to me you know what? i'm perfectly happy living out of my van and i want to travel the country and that makes me happy more power to you i'm not marrying you but the, <laughs> you know you know like so th- that for me is the the basis of that decision because i do think there's you know that person might be perfectly compatible with someone yeah. where that core value matches up and they just see eye to eye on that there's no explaining it to me you don't have to explain your choice to me there but if if my finances matter to me that much and and i am someone who's put uh who's put in the thought towards that part of my life it's going to be really hard for me to explain that to you if you just don't get it and you're not willing to even try and get it yeah so yeah to answer your question it matters i can see it being a deal breaker uh, especially since it's one of those things that people don't really talk about. You know, like you, you describe a lot of superficial things uh, yeah. appearance-wise and physicality-wise and even in terms of personality. Sure, you can catch glimpses of that here and there, but to really get into someone's finances, it takes a long time to earn that level of trust, to know how much someone makes at yeah. their day job uh, unless they just come out and tell you. Or it's like very obvious that it's not anywhere near where you're making or you don't make as much as they do. Um, but what prompted this question or like what, why are you thinking about that right now? Um, Because, you know, I, I, at this point, I'm almost 35 and I am, I swipe left and right on Bumble all the time. And I have a friend as well and she's also in the same age range as me. And I think we were just having a conversation and she's like, you know, um, I clicked with this guy. We matched basically on Bumble, but uh, he's a HVAC uh, technician mm-hmm. or any blue collar job for that matter. You know, there are some blue collar jobs that pay really well and there are some that don't. And he's like, you know, he's not somebody who's established. He's just starting out with it. And I'm like, go out. I don't think it should matter. But I understand. I, I, I get it. Because in a city like Toronto, that is so expensive. You know, if you don't pick your career, your job, or position yourself in a way, the first 10 years, you got to hustle. Because else you will be living paycheck to paycheck in the city for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I understand where she's coming from. And I have done that myself. I sometimes look at, what a person's profession is. I mean, I actively try not to do that, but subconsciously somewhere it registers like, oh, this person is a teacher. Probably not going to make that much, but they get a good pension. <laughs> Might work, you know? Right. And, and, right. But, but you got to understand, these are thoughts and conversations that don't happen with a 20-year-old. It definitely happens when you're in the 30 to 35-year-old age range because you're looking at life in a more practical manner. You've settled down more into your career. You're more mature. You're trying to build your life with someone. And the last thing you want to do is to marry someone who just breaks it all apart or doesn't give a shit about it. But having said that, compatibility is so hard. So hard. What happens if you click with a person on every level but the finances? Or you click with them on every level and they're coming to the point where they're trying to work on their finances, but they have like a $200,000 debt. Mm-hmm. 
That's a lot. It's huge. And and what you're saying also is um, in this situation, your friend now is looking at someone and saying that, you know, they possibly will earn this much. or This is the type of job they do. And yeah. it's very, you can kind of gauge where they might stand with what they're earning. But I'd say in terms of the value part of it, it's less about how much the person's making and more about what they do with it. Do with it, how, yeah. Yeah, how they choose to spend it or save it. Because you could be making a million dollars, but if you're blowing, you know, 900,000 of it every year on something, yeah. that's still 90% of what you earned is gone. It's the same for someone who makes 100,000 or 50,000. If you're, if, you're, if you're set up to sort of be compatible with me, then... The, the conversation, yeah, we might not be exactly the same. We might have different things we like to spend money on. But at the same time, we both see eye to eye on the idea of that, you know what, retirement matters. Or, you know what, I would love to invest in a house or a home one day. And we need to save for that. That won't work. It doesn't matter what your job is at that point. It doesn't matter how much you earn. If you just don't, you don't understand that way of thinking or you just don't want to do it that way then we're not compatible or it'll be really hard for us to be compatible long term because it will lead to friction. It will lead to disagreements. And I can see the thing with finances is the little disagreements in one small thing start trickling into other parts of your relationship that aren't finance. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it is one of those things that I think a lot of couples um, married, unmarried, dating, whatever stage, you will eventually start having discussions about and are, and maybe even disagreements about. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it, it could be at the early stages of dating. Yeah, sure, in the beginning, maybe you're dating, maybe one person decides to pick up the check every, you know, more, more so than the other. Eventually, it comes to the point where, you know, how often are we eating out right now? <laughs> we need to start, do you mind if we start eating in or yeah. we, st- we cook at home? Uh, those Initial conversations about finances start turning into a more um, day-to-day living situation conversations about rent, about the type of house you might want to move into, all those things. So I can see finances being one of those things where, yes, it's super important to be compatible or try and be compatible, but it's also so hard to gauge what that means or how to even look for that value in the other person and sort of see if they see eye to eye with what you might want to do or how you approach things. Yeah, I think, you know, with finances, it's also so tricky because, uh, and maybe this is just Instagram that messes it up for women, but I don't don't know if you've come across these posts where they ask women how much should their potential partner be making in order for them to date her and their answers are like are ludicrous it's like oh anywhere between 350 to half a million dollars or six hundred thousand dollars or seven hundred thousand dollars i'm like where are you throwing these numbers out from these unrealistic expectations of what your partner should make mm-hmm. because i was looking it up if you want to be in the top 10 percent of the united states then you make like a hundred and sixty thousand you're in the top 10 percent and you make one hundred twenty-two thousand. You're in the top ten percent of the world, right? I, I know those numbers don't match up to the cost of living. I, I get that, but still, in terms of just income, those are that's the max potential we are looking at. At what an average, well-to-do, settled, stable human being makes. So your expectations of half a million dollars a year is ludicrous. And the other part is yeah. You're right. 
I mean, it's uh, the home, the kind of home you want to live in or stuff. Those are the bigger equations. But I think in a relationship, it's also the smaller ones, right? And I think that's where if one person is making a lot of money and the other person is not making a lot of money, but both are very conscious of their finances, I think it becomes a struggle. Because the kind of gyms you go to, one person might be okay with a planet fitness, the other person wants to go to Equinox. One person wants to take three vacations in Europe. One person just wants to go somewhere an hour out. Right. You know, and what do you do then? Like, uh, are you okay taking help from your partner? Or is that also something that is just going to, you know, create a dent in your relationship? It's just, it's just so complicated. Because if the partner who's, for example, doesn't make that much, mm-hmm and relies on the other partner who makes that much and, you know, is allowed to pay for all the vacations. And the person who makes a lower income is called a gold digger. Mm-hmm. I mean, not these always. are... Yeah, not always, but... Yeah, but... So, I'd say that that's a perfect example, actually, but you brought up of the gyms where one person is in a certain income bracket and the other person is, let's say, in a lower bracket. They're spend and let's say they both have the same values as far as spending. Yeah. Right. So the person at this income at the higher income level now is going to spend a little more every month. Their health and fitness is important to them. They're going to go to Whole Foods or some sort of co-op to go buy their food. They're and this is let's say these this is these two people single, right? This is before yeah. they met. They're living a certain way. They're used to their nice gym, their Equinox. They're used to going to Whole Foods to buy their groceries. And now they meet this other person that they're compatible with in every way, right? Or in most ways, let's say. And now, and that person's used to a different lifestyle because they're, they're also like person A. They're conscious of their spending and they want to spend only what they can afford. So they're not going to the fanciest gym. They're going to a nice gym that they can afford. They're going to the nice grocery store that they can afford. But now you're starting to combine stuff. And this is where it gets tricky. I think in those situations, again, because the values are the same or similar, that we're not going to spend more than we earn combined as well, we can meet somewhere in the middle. Person A that earns higher needs to sort of start understanding that, you know, it's not just about the money. Yes, you can provide for person B and say, yeah, I can help you um, and we can spend whatever, you know, our bracket is much higher now. But they also need to understand that there's a psychology that goes with that person is so used to having lived as a single person at that level for so long. It doesn't happen overnight that they get used to suddenly spending money. And yeah. that compromise comes where you're willing to be patient and say, you know what, I can I can understand they're going to take their time. I'm going to help them feel comfortable enough to spend the money. Because in finances as well, when you get married, that's the tricky part again. It's no longer yeah. yours and mine. It's ours. Yeah. And... For one person to suddenly start seeing the debt that the other person might have or for the other person to suddenly see this large paycheck coming in, that's where usually if you haven't had those conversations or if you haven't talked about what it is that's important to you and how much you're willing to spend on it, things can go awry. Um, And that's going back to what you were asking, the finances and the compatibility. As long as the values are there and as long as there's conversations about what's important if everything's important and we're spending money on everything yeah again you could be one of those couples where you're just you're okay with spending money on everything good for you but you'll go bankrupt uh, together 
exactly like <laughs> it's a it's a it's a mission where you're both on in on it ride or die you're gonna make it till the end together but i don't know did you have a different take on it or what's your take on uh having dated people maybe who weren't in the same income bracket or even with the same mentality around finances i don't it's not from experience but i find myself trying to balance it i think i am so hell-bent on finances on trying to build a pro a good future for me and my potential partner i don't want to sway myself away from kind of finding a good person you know i don't want to, that to get lost it's like oh this person has a good career a decent salary compatible with what mine is I mean, the dream for me is not to find somebody who makes more than me or less than me. The dream is to find somebody who's at the exact same level with the same mentality, willing to build something together with you. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen too often. You're going to no. meet people with different values and you have to yeah. come to a common center point. And take, that takes a lot of compromise from both ends. But the instinct as a human for you to is, you know, keep swiping until you find that proper match. And my fear is if I keep swiping that way and keep rejecting people on this, I'm going to miss out on actually having anyone. So right. what's the balance? And I guess because I'm 35, that desperation is kind of sinking in where I'm like, how bad could it possibly be? We'll figure it out. And I think that's actually not a bad attitude to have initially where we, you talked about Jewish matchmaking of you know, a few conversations ago where you said that the matchmaker said, unless it's a no on the first date, unless you're absolutely sure this is someone I'm not compatible yeah. with, just go out again. Find out more about them. It's not just the physical. It's going into those deeper conversations about those values. Those values don't pop up on the first date. They rarely do. We're playing our best hands on our first dates. Yeah. And a lot of it starts getting blown away by you know, a few dates in and you start really seeing what's important to this person and if those things are also important to you, finances being one of them.